0: I was really excited when Pastor Cindy called me and asked me if I'd come and share with you this morning. <clears throat> and um, I like the stand. This is just like the one I use at church. I had a, I have a thing written in my Bible. I have lots of things written in my Bible. But I, um, as we were worshiping, I was thinking about Steve and Cindy and what they have done for the kingdom of God. And I had something written down that says the value of our investment in God's kingdom is not determined by what we give, but by what we give up. And I thought about Steve and Cindy and for where they're at in their life, uh, they could be doing a lot of things, uh, retiring and going places and their family has grown up and But they have made the choice to give up their freedom to do what they feel God is calling them to do. So I just wanted to share that with you this morning. It applies to your life also. The value of your investment in God's kingdom is determined not by what you give, but by what you give up. That is not something that's talked about in our culture today much. So I'm Pastor Wendy from Zimmerman, Minnesota. And just excited to be here and share the word with you. And uh, I am going to talk about true freedom this morning. And Brother Jock almost, he almost just preached my message during worship. But I think we'll be okay. We'll see what I do with it now. He did a great job. And uh, Brother, I'm excited to hear your preaching next week. I think you're supposed to be preaching. So be encouraged. So true freedom. You know, in, in America, I loved the video that uh, they showed in the beginning and talked about our freedom and on the 4th of July. And I think that among a lot of other things um, that have changed since the terrorist attack in, uh, of 9-11 is that many Americans are a lot less likely to take their freedom for granted. We, we were attacked on our soil. This had never happened, and it was something that really made us all think a lot. On Tuesday, we'll be celebrating July 4th. And um, I believe if you ask any American what the greatest thing about our country is, they would say two things. First is our freedom And number two is opportunity. Boy, do we have opportunities. I just saw a program about the man who started uh, the yogurt. Chobai? Chobani yogurt. Guy, came from another country, had nothing, and started making yogurt, and now he's a multi-multi-millionaire. Opportunity and freedom that he would not have had where he came from. We have freedom to go where we want. We have freedom to say what we wish. We can earn a living in almost any manner that we want. And for us, of course, as Christians, the greatest freedom that we have is the freedom to worship freely, without persecution. And yet, I have met many Americans many Americans who are not living in freedom. They are all living in bondage here, right here in America, in a country where we have freedom. So you say, what are you talking about, Pastor Wendy? Well, there is a dramatic difference between living in the land of liberty and knowing true freedom in our lives. Real freedom cannot be spelled out in a constitution. Real freedom cannot be passed into law by a legislative body. It is not a concept that originated in the minds of men and women. Freedom is God's idea. There are more than 100 verses in the Bible that deal with freedom. And one of the ones I'd like to read to you this morning is Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So this also in Galatians 5.13 and 14 it says you my brothers were called to be free. You my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Freedom is more than an option. It's more than a decision. It's a way of life to which we are called. And I believe if we're walking in true freedom, that is what will attract other people to us who will want to know about the kingdom of God because they see us walking in a freedom that they are not. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The freedom that comes through Christ is first and foremost liberation from the condemnation and the slavery of sin and the whole dominion of Satan. Freedom provided by Christ is Now listen to this. This is good. Freedom provided by Christ is not the freedom for believers to do whatever they want, but it's the freedom to do what they should. And if we're doing what God wants us to do in that freedom, we have the power of heaven behind us. So I want to share an analogy this morning. I'm told that the process of training elephants to live in captivity begins right after they're born. And a trainer chains that baby elephant around the leg securely to a tree. The baby will pull and pull and pull on the chain until all of its energy is spent. Within a few days, the elephant concludes that pulling on the chain is useless, and so it gives up trying. Once the conditioning process has taken place, the trainer simply drops the loose end of the chain on the ground, and the baby elephant will walk around it in circles, held fast by a fetter, that isn't attached to anything but a memory. Okay? Now, just like that baby elephant, it is easy for us to become conditioned by our past experiences, our past hurts, our past hang-ups, and our past sins. (coughs) Even though... When we accept Christ, we have been cut loose from our past through Christ. It isn't always easy for us to believe that we're free and that we can move in new directions. It's hard for us to believe that we can do things we have never done before under the power of Jesus Christ. And that is where the enemy comes and he tries to lie to us and deceive us He wants to see us back, fettered, running in a circle with that chain around our ankle, thinking that we can't go anywhere or do anything. And what's happening is he steals our freedom. When Christ forgives our sins, he forgets them. Freedom is our God-given calling. And I believe it's time that as Christians we stepped into it. Freedom is the ability to fulfill the purpose for which we were created. I'm going to repeat that again. Freedom is the ability to fulfill the purpose for which you were created. So how do we gain this freedom? Authentic biblical freedom has more to do with God's purpose for our lives than with our place or our position in life. You see, so many people trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing. And they're so concerned about what job they're going to have or where they live or what school they go to or what degree they have, or so many things, what house they have. I always tell our church people, to me the most important thing and the thing you need to pray about and know God's will is where you're supposed to be in church. And that should be your first decision because that's the place where God can speak to you about your purpose, where he can disciple you, minister to you through others, and where you can be used. I'm sure all of you know, maybe, and have been at times in not the right church. Nothing to do with the church, but it isn't where God wants you. And I believe once God calls you to church and you feel that calling, you need to stay until God speaks to you. Not until you have struggles with people in the church. Not until you have struggles or disagreements with leadership. But until God speaks to you, leaving somewhere is the hardest thing for me to do. Hardest thing. Because I feel once God leaves me somewhere, boy, he's really got to speak to me strongly to get me to leave. But that is so important because it's all tied in with the purpose of what God wants us to do for him. We can't do what he wants us to do if we aren't in the right place if we aren't by the right people who can help us. And so it's so important that we're in the right place. And, you know, I, I hear so many people say, well, you know, that church, they, I don't know, they just don't meet my needs. Oh, Lord, help me. Church isn't about meeting our needs, but it will meet our needs if we're in the right place. It's not about what the church can do for me. It's about what I can do for the church. It's about the purpose that God is calling me to minister to, to witness to those who don't know Christ and to minister to those who he sets around me. So if we don't have freedom, we're going to be unable to determine our purpose in Christ. You still with me? Some of the most lost, depressed, and confused people that I've met—or I meet—are those who have no purpose, no purpose at all. I'll never forget a couple of years ago. I was in Hawaii with my husband, and um, we go there and live there actually for a month out of the year. And we were there, and we go to a place to get snorkel equipment, and. There was this young man at the desk. He was the only one in the place. I had never laid eyes on him before. And the minute we walked in the place, the Lord spoke to my heart and said we were supposed to share with him. And I thought, oh, man, you know, when God does that, you're like, what am I going to say? And what if he rejects me and whatever? But we just walked in there. And I'm not kidding you. This young man started dialoguing with us. And I just said to him, where are you from? Are you from Hawaii? No, no, I'm not from Hawaii. Really? Okay. He said, and then he just started blurting out, I'm really from the mainland. And he told me what state he was from. and, And I said, oh. And he said, I said, did you come here to work? And he said, you know, I really came here because I have no purpose. He said, I really don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm supposed to be. Or what I'm supposed to do in life. And I'm confused. And I mean, God doesn't have to open the door much wider, does he? And he had 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 something involved with a girl. And there had been problems there. And he just was not getting anywhere on any front in his life. Nobody came in that store for 20 minutes. While well, we had the opportunity to share with him about Jesus. And we were in a place in Hawaii where we go every year and we knew the community. And when we were on vacation there that month, we go to church every Sunday. And where this young man was, we had been attending a church. We had just gone the day before. And I knew a church. I could say to this young man, you know what? We have attended this church up on the hill here. Why don't you go there? There's lots of young people you need, you know? I mean, God opened that door. But that young man, he was just being tormented because he had no purpose. You need to know your purpose first. And then when you know your purpose, you can go forward with the vision and the uh, goals that God gives you with the purpose. So if, if you are um, living in bondage, if you're not free, you have a real hard time determining that process. It says in the word of God that Jesus Christ is the author and the perfecter of our faith I don't know about you but there are a lot of times I catch myself trying to write my own book to be my own author I am not the author of my life and my faith Jesus Christ is and we need to pursue ways of allowing him to do that so if you are pursuing your God-given purpose You can be free wherever you are, no matter what the situation. And I've heard a couple of Christian missionaries who've shared testimonies of being in prison in other countries and yet feeling a freedom because they knew that they were there because of God's plan. And it's it's so important that we are in that plan and in that purpose. So, you say to me, how do we gain this freedom? Well, number one, there's a choice to be made. Matthew 16, 26 says this, What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Those who have been redeemed by Christ are no longer enslaved to the world or to the kingdom of darkness. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his Son. Many people avoid fully committing their lives to Christ because they believe the Christian life is limiting and oppressive. And I admit to this, when I first became a Christian, when I got saved... My husband, he got saved uh, before me and came home and told me he was saved. And and the first thing I said to him, I looked at him and I said, well, we're going to lose all our friends now. Isn't it funny what we think we are going to have to give up in order to serve Christ? And yet any of you in this room who serve him know that you have far gained in your life than anything you could ever lose. So, many people avoid fully committing to Christ because they believe the Christian life is limiting or oppressive. However, the truth is just the opposite. Without Christ, people are slaves to sin and subject to degrading and destructive lifestyles. Whether they realize it or not, those who live in sin are bound, not free. They are the subjects of the kingdom of darkness. I love the story uh, at Easter of Jesus on the cross and the two thieves who were on either side of him. It was a couple of years ago that I, I preached it and studied it, and something really hit me for the first time. When the people... Uh, Jesus was brought before the people and they were trying to decide who should be crucified, Jesus or Barabbas. Barabbas was a known criminal, an evil man. He, uh, you know, had was in jail and yet the people wanted to see Barabbas free and Jesus crucified. And so When Jesus went to the cross, he was with two other thieves. Barabbas was freed, and he was with two other thieves. One of those thieves looked at Christ and acknowledged his own sin. He took responsibility for his actions. He saw who he was. And he looked at the other thief, and he said, Don't you see? Don't you believe? Can't you see that this is truly God? This is truly the Son of God. And Jesus looked at that man, that thief on the cross, and he said to him that day, Today you will be with me in paradise. Now, that man died that day on that cross. And I think about this. If his family had come and taken him down from the cross and had some type of family service or whatever it was they did in that day, What would that family have thought about that young man who was the thief? They had no idea what had happened to him while he was hanging on that cross. So, my question is always to my people who's more free, Barabbas, who got a free out of jail card, who walked out into the world and had complete freedom to do whatever he wanted, or was the young thief, man on the cross? who gave his life to Christ, the one who was free. I'm sure the people of that day looked at Barabbas and thought, wow, he is so lucky. He did all this bad stuff, but now he's free to do what he wants, to go back to his home. But we all know that, number one, if Barabbas hadn't, if he didn't know Christ, he had no forgiveness for what he had done. And all the evil things that he did, he carried with him. And there was no freedom for Barabbas. No freedom. So how can we apply this to our own lives this morning? The answer is Jesus. The answer is that we really, in order to have the freedom that we need to have and know our purpose and to live a good life, is we need to have Jesus in our lives. So number one, there is a a choice to make. And that choice has to be asking Christ into our lives. But number two, there is a price to be paid. Just like the men and women who sacrificed for our country, They gave up their lives and time to invest in freedom for our country, and the video showed that this morning. My own father lied about his age to enter World War II at 17, along with three of his brothers, all farm boys from Annandale, Minnesota. All four served the entire war, all four came home alive. All four understood the price of freedom. There's an article in the Minneapolis Tribune, I still have a picture of it, with the four boys and my grandmother, and a story about how they all went and they all came back. And I know that my grandmother spent the whole time praying for them. But can you imagine, as a mother, having four of your children go off into war, a war where people were being killed every day? Matthew 16:24 says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Freedom begins with a commitment to Christ, And continues with a relationship. The kind of relationship I'm talking about is more than a casual acquaintance. We must do more than just believe in him. We must deny ourselves and follow him. So how do you do this? Practically now, I'm going to share. Keep coming to church. Learn the word of God. Let others disciple you and help you along the way. It's kind of like basic training. It demands time, work, and obedience. Now I'm going to use another analogy now. So if you went into the military and you went to basic training which is required, okay? And you went to your basic training only once a week. You skipped a few days for vacations. You came late on a regular basis and you never really talked to anybody in your group. If you did that, would you be ready to be a soldier and would you be ready for war? No, you wouldn't be. And our freedom would be at risk. This is where true freedom can only be found in Christ is the commitment that we make to it, the dedication that we have to it. We indeed are soldiers, and we are in basic training, which I think lasts our whole Christian life. So there's a choice to be made and a price to be paid. For true freedom. Number one. My question for you this morning is. Have you accepted Christ. As your savior. And I want to take just a minute. And ask that question this morning. Because I never know. If there may be someone here. Who needs to receive Christ. Anyone. Just raise your hand. We would stop and pray with you. Number two, we must deny ourselves and follow him completely. If you aren't free, you cannot be where you need to be today. So you need to lay down yourself and your flesh to deny what your flesh wants you to do and to move forward in discipleship, to grow. Do you know this kind of freedom in your life or are you still kind of like the baby elephant held by bondages or fetters, only held by a memory? Are you fettered by the memory of unforgiveness, past hurts, physical pain? Any of those things the enemy can use to keep us fettered. So this morning, as I conclude... I'd really like to uh, have our pianist come. And I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I don't want anything to distract from what God wants to do this morning. But I just want us to spend where we're sitting, maybe five, maybe ten minutes, and speak to God yourself. Tell him where you're at. And make sure that you're not fettered this morning. Make sure that you're free. And in a few minutes, I'll come up and conclude in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In a moment, I'm going to... pray for you as a group just like to something came to my mind as I was sitting here you know as Christians today in America I think that uh, one of our struggles is our perspective as we look at the church today and at our culture and something that I've uh, had the great experience of in my life is to get out of America And to see other places. And it's changed my perspective. The greatest way it's changed is to go on a mission trip. Because when you get out of here and you go somewhere else and you see what God is doing and how people are, you all of a sudden realize how it's so easy for us to have our perspective like this with blinders on that we can only see in front of us our own church, our own country, our own lives, And feel like, you know, our perspective is so narrow. But when you go to another country and you go on a missions trip, your perspective is just completely widened because you see what God is doing somewhere else. So I encourage you. uh, Today we live in a time when any Christian who wants to can go on a missions trip. I don't care who you are. What you don't make, what you don't have, if God wants you to go, he will provide for you. And the other way I want to tie in the perspective is that I think as Americans we don't realize what we have. I just finished a two-week trip to Denmark, Finland, Norway, Sweden, and Russia. In each one of those places, I went and saw churches and historical sites that were just incredible. And yet in two of those countries, I had tour guides make this statement. We are not a very religious people in our country. We really don't have many churches or much of a belief system. And isn't that sad? And isn't that frightening and alarming to think about what is happening in other places? And so when I came home from that trip, it made me realize again How thankful I am to live in a country where I have the freedom to go and to worship wherever I want, whenever I want. And we need to enjoy that freedom. We need to continue to pray for our country that we will maintain that freedom. Amen? Amen. All right, let's close in prayer this morning. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that your will is that we might be free people. That our freedom might mean more to us than just the fact that we live in a country where we can go wherever we want and do whatever we want. We can demonstrate wherever we want. We can say whatever we want. We think that's true freedom. But, Lord... What we really need is a freedom that you and you alone can give each one of us. The freedom, Lord, that our sins would be forgiven. And not just forgiven, but forgotten. That we ma- might walk free in our lives, free from the bondage of sin, free from the bondage of brokenness and hurt, free from the bondages that the enemy tries to put on us in our lives. And that we can have true spiritual freedom only through our relationship with you. So my prayer for this people today who are gathered here in your name is that they would each seek you out, search you out, spend time with you and in your word. And Lord, the more that they do that, the more that they would see true freedom in their lives. I pray, Lord, that you would minister to each one of them this morning. You know where they're at, and you know what their needs are. And I just pray in your faithful way, God, that you would meet the needs of your people this morning. Touch us, O God, and Lord, our purpose on earth, according to your word, is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. That, Lord, is our purpose. And I pray that you would help each one of us today to leave this place renewed in our hearts and our spirits that we would share the gospel with others. And over the the next weekend, Lord, that we are home more and out about, Lord, help us to be open to sharing with those that you would put in front of us. Help us, Lord, that our eyes might be open and our spirits open to whoever you would lead to us that we might share the good news of Jesus Christ. And lastly, Lord, this morning, I I pray for Steve and Cindy. I thank you for them and their commitment to South Oaks. I thank you for the others who are part of this team and who are trying so hard to grow this church in the community and see people come to Christ. Lord, we just pray for a move of your Holy Spirit that would supersede anything we have seen And that people would be touched and changed because of your presence and your work in their hearts and in their lives. And Lord, this morning we just ask all of these things in your mighty, mighty name, in the name that is the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.